Welcome in to the Running with the Wolves podcast on the Believe Sports Network. My name is Gabe Anderson, and I'm joined, as always, by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. We're seeing some positive things that um, I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, for sure. And before we get started, if you like what we do, give us a five-star rating and comment what you thought of the episode on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts as well. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, share, and subscribe because we're really trying to grow this channel as well. So let's start, let's start with it. Let's talk about the Indiana game a little, a little bit. Obviously, no Halliburton, but something that I wanted to... What wanted to point out first, it feels like a play. I was at the game on Saturday. It feels like a playoff atmosphere for a random Saturday, December game in, uh, in December. I mean, man, just the crowd was alive. Of course it was ant shoe night, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, I looked on ESPN. We are 17th in the league in attendance, but we have sold out, but we have 100% capacity on the season compared to 88 last season. I just I just want to say, and I've always said this, I feel like give Minnesota basketball fans a winner and they'll show up, and so far they've been showing up. I mean, it's beautiful. I've heard that from a couple people so far is that um, it feels like a playoff, playoff vibe in the stadium and everybody's fired up, and it's, that's – that's what we need, you know, and players that makes them, you know, play that much harder on the random days. Um, and I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg kind of thing. If the team, um, you know, is playing harder every day at home because the crowd is there to help them or the crowd is there to get fired up because the team is playing hard every game. But mm-hmm. either way, it's working and uh, let's hope it keeps going. Absolutely. And I found something interesting. Uh, just uh, maybe you could comment on this. I, I was looking at attendance, overall attendance figures, and obviously it, it it fluctuates based on how much your arena can hold. Like, for example, I think the Mavericks have been number one for the past couple of years, but their arena holds more than the average NBA arena. One thing I saw, even though they're having kind of a great year so far, Indiana is dead last in attendance and 27th in percentage rating. I I don't know. Maybe maybe Indianapolis is too much of a college basketball uh, uh, area of the uh, of the country, but you'd seem it see it would seem like they would rally around this team a little bit more. I see that seemed weird to me. Yeah, but I mean, look at us. Just the last couple of years, we've had young potential stars. We've had an up and coming team and. Nobody was really showing up. It took us to literally be number one in the NBA for fans to finally start showing up. Mm-hmm. So they might just be a year or two behind. Um, it happens. Right. And, but the only thing I will say on that is we got a guy like Ant who I would show up to watch any night of the week. And they got a guy like Halliburton who, if I was in Indiana, I would show up to watch anybody any night of the week as well but anyway let's talk about the game like I said playoff atmosphere um and Ants had a slow first quarter didn't score in the first quarter but then he caught stride made seven threes and really was a huge part of them pulling away so we we saw Ants in this last game three for 19 but it feels like the the Ants of old or the Ants that we need 
may in fact be back. And maybe that was driven by the shoe. Maybe that was driven by his big announcement that, of course, he's going to be a dad, which is huge for him. Congratulations to him. But uh, Ant, Ant was huge in this game. Yeah, he is. And and I think a lot of it is just with a guy like him, and we've talked about it all the way back to his rookie year on here, when he was taking a lot of shots and missing a lot of shots, um, the shots look good. And just like what I said with Nas um, last last episode, as long as a shot looks good and it looks like it's an in-rhythm shot, if they go in or go out, I'm not too concerned about it because um, I know that you know Edwards is a shooter. I know he, it's going to come around. So as long as everything looked like it was part of the system, I wasn't mad at him, you know, having a bad game the other day, although he did, you know, lead the team in assists. I'm just happy that he's back. We're going to need him playing at an MVP level if we want to really make a push. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to have your best player playing at an elite level. And speaking of someone who was playing at an elite level, even before Ant got going, Carl Anthony Towns, they just had no one who could guard him. Now, you might want to – Miles Turner, always top five, top six, top seven in the NBA in blocks, but he he, he could not guard Towns. No, Then they tried to put a small guy on him like Bruce Brown. He just dominated in that game and it was it was really telling if we get this cat night in and night out and and ants there too i mean this could be an unstoppable one two punch which we that we saw against indiana yeah i mean the thing with cat is always like what what makes him special is if that he's a center or a power forward or you know a big either way that can stretch a floor and shoot like like no other but the only way that that's important or valuable is if the other team has to guard him with bigs, you Mm -hmm. know, and in the past they've been guarding him with small guys and they've been getting away with it. And that, that takes a lot of cats value away. But if, if he can punish the small guy, like if he can make it so that if you put a small forward on him, um, he's just going to take you to the post and punish you or straight line drive you and just, just bury you under the rim. Um, if he can do that, that makes his value so much higher and it makes our whole team work better is is when our bigs can punish teams for playing them with smalls. Hey, and speaking of our bigs, I know last podcast, I want to give you a little kudos. Uh, we talked about the struggling shooting of Nas Reed. And what does he do? He goes and has, what, a 27-point night with, with like yeah. seven threes. And he, he played well against... Uh, he played well against Indiana as well. So, I mean, Nas Reed has been stroking it lately. And really, the Wolves in general, just I, I, I didn't see the official stat, but we, we, we really hit shots against Indiana and, and, and the team before that as well. But not, Nas Reed is, is showing why there's signs like honk if you love Nas Reed in Minneapolis right now. He, he's, he's been so fun. Yeah, I think I saw, and we talked about it, might have been last episode or the episode before. Again, if we want to make a run for some real playoff action, he's going to have to be in the running for sixth man of the year. And I think when you looked up a couple weeks ago, um, he wasn't even in the top 10. I just saw recently that statistically right now he's in the top four for best sixth man of the year. So um, he's moving up and he's moving up fast and that's what we need. We need somebody like him who's going to come in, 
and be hungry and search for his shot the moment he comes in the game. Because when Anthony Edwards leaves the court, um, we need that sort of aggression. Mm-hmm. And, and I said earlier, the last opponent, of course, I mean, the last opponent being the Dallas Mavericks who didn't have Kyrie and uh, obviously, and of course the Indiana Pacers didn't have, uh, didn't have uh, uh, Halliburton. Yeah. Halliburton. So what, what, what I want to talk about next is the, the Wolves. They, I saw a stat, they, have 11 wins by double digits or by double digits this season tied for second in the league. And what do you attribute this to the most? Because I'll I'll give, I'll give some of my reasons, but I wanted to hear your reasons as well. What would you attribute some, some of the, in the NBA terms, blowout wins for the Wolves? I mean, it's pretty cliche right now to say this, but um, it's just being professional. I mean, it's it's kind of the thing that they that you keep hearing this mantra, you keep hearing around the Timberwolves, and it's getting old to hear. I get it. And I'm sorry, but, I mean, Rudy Gobert is there every play, you know, like, mm-hmm. and he demands that of everyone else. Mike Connolly is there every play, and he demands that of everyone else. So you don't have those, you know, the NBA is a game of runs. And when you play solid defense every possession, you're gonna li- you're gonna limit the other team's runs. So instead of being a you know a three four five point run, you know like we will hold them to a three four five point run. Except in the past that was a nine twelve point run. So you know the difference between a double digit win and the and a three point win is squashing one or two runs early in the game. And I think mm. that just our defense and showing up every play is, is going to make that happen. And it's going to eliminate, you know, five or six points out of every team, every team's final score. I, I agree with that. But one thing I will raise as well is I think part of what's helped is the wolves have caught some breaks with missing with the other team, missing some of their best players, which I was alluding to earlier. Like for example, Pacers without Halliburton uh, Mavericks without Kyrie, uh, Grizzlies, of course, without Jaw, without uh, Stephen Adams, s- some of their better players. Hornets without Lamelo. I'm not saying that we wouldn't win this game. We had the Jazz earlier without Markinen. Uh, yeah. A couple other, a couple other ones. Pelicans twice without Zion. Uh, we had the Warriors once without uh, Curry. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying your, your point isn't valid. It totally is, but I, I also think part of it is we've got pretty lucky with the other teams' injury bug so far this year. Yeah, we have, and I mean, I know when we were going to play um, the Suns, it was going to be the first game everyone was back, and then they didn't. Um, but I mean, that that happens. I mean, we've played, we've had years in the past like that too, where it seems like. You know, everyone was out, and we still finished around 500. It's just we're finding ways to to win the mm-hmm. games we used to lose in the past. So right. I'm not too worried about the blowout part, um, but I'm just happy that, you know, we're not losing to teams that we should have beat. That's right. what our Achilles heel has been in the past. Right. But, yeah, like 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 you were saying, and I was, I was going to rebuttal as well, um, as much as the other teams have missed uh, players, we have had some great wins uh, against like a full strength Thunder team. We had a great win against a full strength Knicks team. Now you can debate how good the Knicks are, but 
but that, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, a full-strength Warriors team. We beat a full-strength Celtics team. We beat a full-strength Nuggets team. So it's not like we haven't done both. And that's almost one of the things that I found impressive about the Wolves this year. They're winning the games that they are supposed to win. If, sure. you, I don't think you you are you can be 14 games over 500 this early in the season without winning a couple games that you are supposed to. And like for example, I think they have avoided the trap game. Like I felt like last night they avoided the trap game in a big way. You think, oh, Halliburton's not playing. Uh, man, we we got this one. They're on a back to back. But I mean. You avoid the trap game by going full throttle, uh, having having the hometown energy, and and the Pacers were in that game. They they were they were up in the second quarter, and then uh, they the Wolves led by two going into halftime. Then they took it in the third quarter. Well, I mean, one thing you're talking about on what makes us win these games, and you just mentioned it, the third quarter, um, and you've heard. Nas Reed especially has said it a couple of times. Carl Anthony Towns has, so has Anthony Edwards. Those third quarters, they come out and they've mentioned it aloud that they stick to the game plan. They do what the coaches tell them to do and they run the game plan. And we've been one of the best third quarter teams in the entire NBA of late, um, of well, the whole season. And that's a huge win from the past when we were one of the worst teams in the third mm-hmm. quarter every year, you know, one of the every year since. So um, coaching, you know, that's a big step. You know, that's the difference between, you know, a, a five point win and a 15 point win right there. It's just guys sticking to the co- to the system and trusting the coach. And you mentioned their play in the third quarter. I I have some stats on that. Right now, second best in third quarter efficiency with with a plus-minus of 4.4 and in their last three games, a plus-minus of eight, which I believe is best in the league. Last year, like you were mentioning, uh, a minus in the third quarter. It's not as bad as you'd think. They're only they're only a minus one in the third quarter last year, but I think a lot of that was towards the end of the season. But uh, but I mean, definitely, if you could come out and set the tone from halftime, that that's definitely a, a huge move, uh, a huge advantage for the Wolves. For sure, you know, and that's something that we have with this unique lineup is the coaches can go in there. And they can look at, well, how are they defending the fact that we have this awkward lineup? Or how can we attack them with this, you know, giant lineup we have? So it's fun to see what they what they draw up. And I'm glad that, um, you know, everyone's buying into the game right now. Mm-hmm. So let, let's look forward. Let's talk about the Miami Heat game, which we have tomorrow. Of course, Jimmy Butler not on the injury report. He is he has dodged the first of the last of four games hasn't played the wolves since 2021. So what are, uh, assuming that an ant is on the injury report as well, but assuming that him and Jaden plays, what are going to be the keys to shutting down Jimmy Butler and the heat who had a game winner uh, yesterday as well? Um, you know, I'm not too worried about shutting them down. Uh, I'm just worried about us getting our offense efficiently. I'm worried about Carl Anthony Towns not getting too excited going up against a Kentucky guy and getting early fouls. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm worried about Anthony Edwards not trying to, uh, 
you know, show that he's the alpha and try to make a statement versus Jimmy Butler. I just want us to play our game, play the game plan, move the ball, um, you know, pick and roll with Rudy, like keep it simple. And I, I don't think we should have a problem. One thing we do have to look out for, though, is, you know, Duncan Robinson. Um, he's been playing great this year. Uh, and he adds another little, you know, n- little wrinkle. And sometimes those players that you don't expect is who you got to look out for. Yeah, like you were mentioning, Duncan Robinson uh, playing like like a couple years ago, Duncan Robinson. He was really out of the lineup in the largely in the Heat's NBA Finals run, but he appears to be back. Uh, 14.7 points per game uh, this season. Good for third. Good for third on the team. Go ahead. Is Hero back healthy yet? Yes, I I do believe Hero has been playing. He's not in the injury report. The only guy on the injury report is Kyle Lowry, who if if they both play, will that be – could that be an NBA record for for oldest point guard or matchup oh, in NBA so. history with Mike Conley and Kyle Lowry? Because Kyle Lowry, he what he's thirty, he's got to be thirty seven, right, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they're not too far off. They're, I mean, they're cut from the same cloth. Yeah, that's uh, that's very possible. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it, it, it'll it'll be old. I, I I'm not sure how many. Uh, I, I I'm not sure how many fast cuts to the basket either of them will do, but he, that'll be an interesting matchup. I, I'm sure that Conley and Lowry they know each other pretty well because I'm oh, sure yeah. they've clashed time and time again. Although Lowry has traditionally been a, spent a bulk of his career in the Eastern Conference, and of course Mike has been in the West, but I'm sure they know each other just from. I, whether all-star games and O'Connell only made one or just, just matching up with each other. I I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be a hug after the game between those two. Do you care about Jimmy Butler anymore? Is it still like as a Wolves fan? Do, I, and I, and I know you, you personally, you kind of checked out during the Tibbs years, but do you have any, I'll say this way. Do you have any animosity to Jimmy Butler? anymore or or let bygones be bygones yeah i don't have any animosity with him as a timberwolves player like i don't love him as a player just as an nba player but no i don't think he did anything you know all that wrong here or to be honest i don't think he did anything all that amazing here either Mm -hmm. um you know two what year and a half stint i mean i he barely gets any thought of mine. Um, I just know that he's a solid player, and I want to see how our squad does against a solid team in the East. Here's the thing. I would have more animosity to him, and l- let's be honest. The Bulls won that trade. Like, l- l- let's be 100% honest. Uh, they got the yeah. younger guy. They got the guy who stuck around longer. But what I will say about it is the Bulls didn't do anything spectacular with Levine. And maybe that's the that's probably the the fault of the front office um who who probably screwed that up royally and are looking to trade him now. But if nothing else, the <laughs> the, the Bulls got what five, six good years out of Levine. So it, it, at least they well, at least they got that. And let's not forget they also got Lori Marketing in that trade. I mean if they that's wouldn't true, have got yeah. rid of him, that's too you know, 
all-stars right now, Larry Market, and looks like the best player out of all three of them, possibly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the Bulls kind of fumbled the bag after the fact, but um, whatever. Tibbs wanted his guy. Uh, it is what it is. I'm just glad that 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 session of our of our of our history is over, and the Tim Connolly uh, Chris Finch session is here because, um, as as they said after the after after the Pacers game, um, the head coach was just talking about how great the Timberwolves organization is and mm-hmm. how lucky we are to be moving in the direction we are. And I think it's something the fans need to really uh, listen to and and be proud of what we have going here. I agree. And of course, you're talking about Rick Carlisle, aka Jim Carrey, who who yes. said the, those comments. Uh, but but so so the, we have the Miami Heat tomorrow. We I, I have been looking at the schedule a little bit. Other than the Laker game, until and after Christmas, we're not going to have our usual. Uh, seven o'clock start time because tomorrow the game is at six thirty. Uh, then the seventy sixers game, I believe, is at six locally, and then the Lakers usually at normal at seven, and then I think we go on the road to the Kings, who are obviously in a different time zone, so those are later games. So anyway, don't forget to double check your local listings if you're going to watch For the sure. Wolves game, or you might be. A little surprise. And one more question before we end up this podcast that I want to ask you. And I, I was thinking about this. Is this the most exciting time ever to be a Wolves fan? I mean, obvious, obviously the, the rebuttal is well, the, the year they went to the Western conference finals and we'll have to see where this team goes, obviously, but other than maybe this and the founding of our organization, this has got to be the tops, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think back. Um, you know, I feel like the like the KG um, Western Conference Finals year might have been more fun, but I'm also remembering like the end of that run when it was exciting, when it was playoff time. I don't remember it early season time, so this might be it. And to to you know, like I've been saying for two years, this is by far our most talented team. So um, I'm excited. I mean, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for Timberwolves fans to understand that we're not going to go undefeated. Um, Anthony Edwards is not the MVP this year. Um, It's okay. Both of those things are okay. We're going to get some losses and, you know, sometimes we're not going to look, you know, amazing, but remember Mm -hmm. where we were just a couple years ago. And I mean, we're going in an amazing direction and let's just, let's just celebrate what we have right now. I agree. And so so let, let's put a pin on it right there. Chris, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, no problem, man. Any day. And this is the Running with the Wolves podcast. Like I mentioned at the beginning, uh, give us five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you're watching later on YouTube, same thing, like, share, and subscribe. And really, word of mouth marketing, tell your friends about this podcast if you like what we have to say. This is the Running with the Wolves podcast on the Believe Sports Network. And as always, go Wolves.